0: Now. Excellent.
1: So, welcome to episode 49. Yes. Of Auto Off Topic. Yes. Very close to 50. Yeah, very close. Doesn't get much closer. Nope. Um, I am Brad, as always, one of your two hosts. And I'm your other host, Andrew. Welcome. What are we having a discussion about tonight, Andrew? Anything specific, or we kind of touched a few things?
0: Uh, Let's go over. Well, we went to the Lime Rock Historics on Saturday. We did.
1: What is the Lime Rock Historic? I think we talked about that already pretty much. We did. It's a uh, festival of vintage sports cars. I'm not sure what the cutoff date is. Not sure either. Because there was a 964 on track this weekend. It was in the catch-all class though. Yeah, but still it just seemed a little more modern than normal. Um, Not a huge fan of that, but it is what it is. Nope. It was an excellent day. We didn't go all weekend like we I had thought we were going to be doing. But uh-uh. um, So no camping out there. We just did the one day Saturday and came home Saturday night.
0: Which but is probably for the best because it just was, rained like crazy afterwards. Yeah, Sunday was miserable up here. We got the remnants of Harvey. I mean, not nearly what they got in Houston, but no, it, it was, was just a lot of rain. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be out camping in it. Yeah, well, wouldn't be the first time. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we ran into... Sorry. A few listeners. Uh, It was Steve, Katie, and Jesse. Yep. And um, gave him some stickers. And we also ran into a friend of ours who runs uh, uh, Clunk Bucket and writes for some other places, Mike Mike Bumbeck.
1: Yes, he's a freelance pretty much now for a lot of different automotive websites. Yes. So he was there covering that event, so we saw him. I actually saw his first in Montero first. Yes, we're That's like, funny. oh, Mike's here. Because yeah. <laughs> as most of our friends, he's a Mitsubishi person. Yep. Actually, not most of our friends, but most of our friends they get mentioned on the podcast because yeah. you know, we're talking about cars. So.
0: And it was funny because uh, he drives basically the identical truck to mine, my silver one, my '89. So yeah. like, we're walking through the like infield parking area, and I like look over, and I was like, oh. There's an 89, there's a, well, I was like, there's a long wheelbase Montero. And then I looked and I was like, oh, it's Mike. That yeah, checks out. Usually it's going to be Mike. If kind it, of an event. Generally we know whoever owns them, which is means there's not a lot of them around. So,
1: Especially you know. not in the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, people out in the West Coast, sometimes they'll put a picture up and be like, who owns this? And nobody knows who it is. But yeah. here on the East Coast, throughout aren't that many.
0: So we know pretty much everybody that's got one. So we left uh, my house well, then we picked up Brad, so Stephanie went with us, and we went. It was about a three-hour drive to Lime Rock. Yeah, give or take, it's, depending on stops and uh, yeah. you know a bunch of a hurry you're in. It's straight out on the Mass Pike, I ninety, for those. Yeah, almost the whole way. Yeah, <laughs> I ninety goes from Boston all the way to Seattle, I believe. Does it go that far? Yep, I didn't know that. Yep, that would be an interesting someday road trip. Probably a long, boring road trip. Yeah, I guess you're it's right. Basically it's basically a straight shot. Way. Yep. So anyway, uh, you basically take it all the way to the end of Massachusetts because we are at the coast. We're basically at one end of Massachusetts. We take it almost to the New York border, exit two. Then you head due south, and you end up in the northwest corner of Connecticut. Yeah, it's pretty much as far away as you can get in Connecticut from here. (laughs) Yeah, yep. I mean, you're almost in New York, so it gets a nice mixture. There is a lot of wealth in that area. You get New York, Connecticut. Massachusetts.
1: I guess a lot of people retire from the New York area and move out there. Yes. So it's a lot of big money, like Manhattan people that retire yep. and go Vermont, out. Vermont,
0: the- a lot of um, uh, cars with Vermont plates, New York tags, Connecticut tags, Massachusetts, of course. Yeah, because we were talking to our friend Mike, who's from Vermont. Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, you're coming because he's, he's driving back and forth from the event every day. And in my head, you know, Vermont is a couple hour drive north of Boston. So I'm like, wow, you're doing five hours each way, you know, every single day. That's crazy. And he's like, I don't know. It's only like two and a half hours. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that. of the fact that it was, you know, out in the western part of the state. I was thinking that you had to drive all the way to Boston first no. so and go up 95.
0: So I wouldn't say a lot of the racing classes weren't super exciting to me, but I just like the atmosphere and going to Lime Rock.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like going to a car show where something's happening. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's not... <clears throat> There wasn't a lot of door-to-door racing, a lot of battling this year. Sometimes there's some battles that are really good. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a lot of that this year, uh, at least not on Saturday. There might have been on other days. But it's cool to watch, like going to a car show and watching the cars in motion. Exactly. And watching them in the pits, being wrenched on, and I don't know. You just seem to, it's just a lot more. And the atmosphere, like you said, is definitely a good word for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole place, because you can walk everywhere, it's general admission everywhere. Everything's open on historic's weekends. One ticket gets you in the paddock, gets you in the infield.
1: Yeah, once you're in, you're in. You don't have to worry about no. It's really cool. Line,
0: (laughs) and they let you bring in your own food, and you can bring in your own beers and drinks and stuff. So, which we took full advantage of. Yep, we uh, tailgated a bit, had lunch, drank some beers, wandered around. Uh, it actually wasn't that hot of a day. It was for late New England and summer. It was like yeah, 60s. There, there have
1: been some years where we've gone to the Lime Rock and we've just sweltered. At the end of the day, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go home. No, it was beautiful. But it was a perfect day. I wasn't even, like, run down by it. It was <laughs> just a good day to be outside.
0: And um, I didn't even take that many pictures, but took a few. Hey, we are just hanging out. Sometimes you like to just enjoy the moment and the place. Now, on top of the
1: racing action, which we'll get to afterwards, uh, we hit on the fact that they were the manufacturer's car corrals before. Yes. So we did a lot of walking around in the car corrals, looking at you know, different cars that are there on static display. Um, any highlights for you, Andrew? Uh,
0: yeah. So basically the way it works, you can either park in a uh, car corral, or if you show up with a really cool car as you're going in, they'll like pull you out of line of like regular car parking sometimes and just... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so where were they parked? Those All those cars parked on the line. Like, where those mini... There was like a mini club parked. Yep. And then all those random cars that are on the mm-hmm. side of the road. Oh, those were all highlights? Yeah. Okay, that explains why there were some
1: amazing cars there then.
0: Yeah. So there, my favorite was the Renault... uh The Alpine Renault. Yeah.
1: 110. A, yeah, A110. A110. That, yeah,
0: was, that the, was pretty
1: awesome. I've never actually seen one, I don't think, in person. No,
0: I've never seen one that in person. That was my first? It's a... Abnormally tiny car, yes. Didn't realize and was oddly French because it has three bolt, yeah, wheels. three lug wheels. Yeah, yellow and yeah, and it's rear wheel drive, rear engine, rear wheel drive. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's such a cool, cool car and that color blue.
1: Yeah, there were no French racing blue. Yeah, oh, I love that car. Actually, it's not French racing blue. Because this one French had racing the blue is not metallic. Yeah, but it's a metallic blue.
0: This one had the half cage.
1: It looked like one you would see coverage of from like the Monte Carlo Rally in the in the seventies. And it was
0: dirty. Definitely, it was driven there. Actually, it was in front of us as it was pulling in. Had New York plates, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So then, it came a bit of a distance and had you know, dirt sprayed up in the waters. Well, what was the British car you were talking about?
1: Uh, it was an MG Arnolt coupe. Yeah. Um, I don't know many people who might not be familiar with the Arnold company, but they used to make. They were like hand-built race cars in England. Yeah. Um, they had the, uh, they'd take somebody else's basic chassis, and they would either rebody it themselves or rebody it by a coach builder and go through the motor and make it a little hotter, make it a little faster.
0: Um, this was a pin- Pininfarina car?
1: No, it was a, uh, I had it in my head, and then you is had it to Bertone? say Pininfarina, and then you ruined it for me. Bertoni? No. I mean, it was a Gatto car?
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think the emblem was a Z.
1: Okay, Um I, I had it in my head I was going to say it, and then you screwed me up. So now, I don't, not, now I'm not confident that it was a Zagato car. I don't have my Tony
0: Pinaverina, of it. Uh, Carmen, I think it was a Zagato
1: car. But anyway, <laughs> Fisher. Um, it was definitely not a Fisher car. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was an Arnold MG. Um, probably Arnold's most famous car is the Arnold Bristol, yeah. which is a Bristol Roadster they've made a you know race car out of. Um, the Arnold MG, I was talking to one of the guys there who is, like, an MG restorer, and he says that, yeah, they made, like, less than 10 coupes. <laughs> you, you just kind of
0: bumped into him. You were both looking at the car at the same time. I was time. looking
1: at the car, and I was like, man, this thing's amazing. And he's like, uh, you have no idea. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I know it's amazing. <laughs> and he's like, no. He goes, I restore MGs. He goes, and I'm very familiar with the Arnold MG Roadster. It's a completely rebodied MG TD. Okay. So it's an MG TD frame, which is the MG with the big, like, cycle style fenders. That's big, what that
0: car was? Yeah. started out as? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And it was completely rebodied with a full... I don't know if it was aluminum or steel, I forgot to ask, and wasn't, certainly I certainly wasn't going to touch it. Yeah. Um, it was just an amazing looking car, and it was just a
0: cool... I didn't realize piece. what you were saying. I I assumed it was like a later MG that was No, no, rebodied. That, it was like a 1955 TD. Wow. Yeah, and it was rebodied
1: in 55, so it wasn't like... It was that far removed from time. It's just the, you were the design like, was so far ahead of the time
0: yeah. design. You were like, man, I like this MG, but I really hate the way it looks. Yeah. Let's put a whole new body on it. Which is weird, but whatever. No, cool. because like... In the 50s, that car had pre-war styling. So, oh,
1: definitely had pre-war styling.
0: And then this styling was definitely like future Ford. Yeah, it looked kind of like a mini like Ferrari
1: 155 or something. Yeah, it was it really was cool. Really pretty car. I'm going to have to look into who the designer was to make sure I'm correct, because I hate getting that wrong. Um, but it was a beautiful car. Arnold is A-R-N-O-L-T, I think. Um,
0: so definitely look it up and take pictures of it. There's a bunch of Lancia's. I have pictures of it.
1: Oh, we'll, we'll put a picture of it yep. up then.
0: Um, there's a bunch of Lancia's. Uh, there's a bunch of. What, there was that Capri that was really cool looking. Uh, there's a 4. Sorry, sorry, four six, sorry,
1: 67 of them are coupes. It was Puerto yeah. 67 coupes.
0: There's a 458 Ferrari. A 458. 456.
1: 456, sorry. It's okay. so a 456 Ferrari. There was also a burrow had a boxer. Yep. Which is an awesome, rare. That's the first flat 12 Ferrari. It looks kind of like a 308 from a distance, but it's a flat 12 car. Um,
0: There's a bunch of really rare early Ferraris.
1: Yeah, tons and tons of Ferraris. Yeah. Mostly mostly 70s, 80s Ferraris. Not a lot of, like, There's 50s several, Ferraris. like, early ones. There were a few. There was a couple that were racing. Yeah. But as far as spectator cars go, I don't think there were many. But what was funny was we pulled into we just parked in the overflow lot, like the yeah. regular general admission lot. Yeah. We we're walking through, and there was like a nice two forty Z, and then there was a nice, you know, Miata, or a nice M five, and stuff like that. And yeah. then just in, in the general admission lot, there's just you know, Ferrari, Dino, you know? yeah, no big deal, just parked there next to like a Honda Accord.
0: <laughs> and there's of course a bunch of Porsches, and there are more Porsches than I knew what to do with. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean always. And then there's this really cool ratty. Uh, Slant nose Targa that looked like it literally just been pulled out of somebody's garage. Like the black paint was all faded. It had some like what were they three piece like gaudy style like gaudy style wheels. With it had or, it looked like an original Pirelli. Zeros. Oh, the, they were original
1: P non zeros P zero asymmetricos. Yeah, were, like the like, forty style thing. They looked
0: old. They were like,
1: clearly like probably date coded nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone far on them, and I've yeah. driven on some sketchy tires.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was like those tires will kill you. Yeah. Um, that was some cool stuff. Is uh, it Bertone body? Bertone. Yes. All
1: right. Yeah, I actually had to look up some facts to make sure I was right. Uh, there were 67 coupes total built. They were built in Chicago.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's in a British car with an Italian body assembled in Chicago.
0: But where was the body, like, built? Italy.
1: Everything was built so it was a British chassis. Weird. So and Italian body, and then they were shipped over here and so assembled Arno- in Chicago.
0: Arnault? Arnolt? Arnolt. Arnolt? That is an American company? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah, there's actually one that was for sale on Bring a Trailer, uh, November of last year. Um, that I'm looking at. And they have you know, Bring a Trailer has some pretty good facts, so but yeah, it was a MGTD based Arnault MG, despite being built around a British supplied chassis and an Italian built body, final assembly was done in Chicago, and the cars were considered domestics.
0: That is bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful car.
0: It's all, It's like, a wee, like it's a like, like a them. mini Rolls kind of look. I don't know. It's but it's well proportioned. Yeah, it, it
1: looks. It looks like a proper fifties GT car. Yeah, it's, you know, that's, it's really it's a cool. Beautiful car. I'm gonna see if I can. Find the listing on eBay for what it sold for. But.
0: Wow. Awesome.
1: Because now I have a new goal in life. <laughs> I'm sure it's expensive, but it's just a absolutely stunning car.
0: There's a super cool um, uh, motor coach. It was a.
1: I couldn't tell you what that was. Nope. It was converted I... to a camper.
0: It's, it's probably mid uh, 50s. It's a f- uh, flexible. It's okay. f y f l y. X I B L E so flexible, sure. And I actually sent a picture of it to my dad because he knows buses. He says flexible. Yes, that is the way it spelled it. They originally had Buick straight eight gasoline engines, and he said they are made in uh, Loudonville, Ohio. And it's like this super Art Deco oh, looking, it's a beautiful bus. It was like green like, and yellow. Yeah, like Arrow styled camper bus. It was really cool. That was just in like the the Spectator area. area. Yeah
1: like we said there's some serious money in this place so
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it was just a lot of good stuff yeah you definitely have to put up that
0: uh i mean they probably don't have like they don't have the breadth of cars that see at the reunion i don't know we saw some pretty rare stuff there is some rare stuff um i mean we well we saw that they don't uh, have a lot of the 80s race cars that i'd like to see 80s, no, that hasn't stuff. really
1: hit this area yet yeah but we did, we did see, speaking of the 80s, we saw that uh, MG 190 Evolution 2. Yes. Which was never even sold in this country, which is an amazing Mercedes? Way. You said the, MG. AMG. Oh, AMG. Yeah. Did I say AMG? It sounded like you said MG. Oh, we were talking about MGs. But yeah, Mercedes Benz AMG um, the 190 Evolution 2, which is the one with the big fender flares and huge spoilers. Yeah. And I've never seen one in person. So to see one was just, it was very. It had a lot of presence, that's for sure.
0: So the number fifty-one BMW CSL race car
1: yeah, that we saw, at, yeah,
0: that we saw at Misselwood two or three years ago, where the guy fired it up while we were standing there. That right. was actually running, running, running at speed. Yep. That was really cool. It well, was an actual legit GT40 racing as well. Yes, that was a famous race car driver, but I don't like, know who he was. Though. I never actually heard of him. Dan Arnott or okay. something. Somebody's gonna make a lot
1: of us not. I him,
0: bro. I really didn't. Yeah, it's, I just didn't recognize him. You know, And then, of course, everybody liked the picture of the Plymouth GTX I put up with the sign, six-pack in the front, Bacardi in the back.
1: Which doesn't even make any sense. I assume it means that like he's talking with the engine in the front and he's got like booze in the trunk. Yeah. But I didn't see the owner of the car. I can only assume that he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and just stopped by on his way his to nickname, the H.E. Buffett
0: concert. His nickname was Rooster. So Yeah. <laughs> like I said, he, I can only assume he was wearing
1: a Hawaiian shirt was on his way to a Jimmy Buffett concert afterwards. There's just That's
0: a a Porsche RSR just parked. Yes, just, just whatever. Parked. Yep. Then they had this year. They had an auction, or they were playing. It was going to be like today or tomorrow. They're doing an auction. Sunday was the auction. So one of the cars that was there was uh the last Petty chrome bumper car.
1: Yeah, the last, the last, no, not the last chrome bumper car. The last chrysler product that he raced okay um until petty enterprises got back with them later on but the last one that richard petty actually drove was a 78 dodge uh
0: it was with a d wasn't it diplomat yeah
1: yeah so that was that was really cool that was cool they also had the car from the 50s tv show my mother the car yeah which is uh a fictional car called the 1921 or 19... I forget what year they said it was. It was completely fictional. But it was a Porter, which is not a real car. Um, super ugly, but it was cool because it was the actual television show car. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you're of a certain age, I'm sure you've seen the show, or if you have parents that you know could tell you about it. Because <laughs> it was only on in the 50s, I think. And it was a guy whose mother had passed away. And then he went out in the garage, and the car started talking to him. And she had come back in the form of this doesn't family, make any sense. family car. <laughs> it was a '50s sitcom. What do you want? <laughs> but anyway, that car was there for sale, so that was cool. It was Night Rider, but not. It, no, it was. She like, help him solve crimes. No, no, just, they just had like normal mother son talks. Like she, Mr. Ed, where he'd go out in the barn, it was to just talk like to the horse. It, was, it was like Mr. Ed, but a car. <laughs> so it was even less believable than the ridiculous premise of Mr. Ed. So. I'm having a hard time finding a value on these uh... Oh, there we go Um, The last Arnold MG Coupe I could find That sold Sold in 2015 for $40,000 So it's not Like a blue chip car, but it's definitely not Something you can just save your pennies A couple of weeks and buy But it's pretty rare Yeah, no, I uh, and this one here is a little bit rattier too But I kind of want one now Uh, More than
0: kind of want one I really want one now (laughs) There was um, some good, well, I don't know if it's good, but there is plenty of, like, swap meet area stuff. Yeah, but, there's but some good stuff. The only problem I have with going to swap meets, like, at an event like this is because I was like, man, I want to look at, through this stuff. Like, there's some books, but I was like, there's so much other stuff I want to get to, and I can't waste, like, two hours looking through books. It's like one box of books. Yeah, because, like, it's like, oh, I don't know what to look at, so I'm just going to ignore it and not buy anything, so... Yeah, if I was in a different financial position, I would have walked out of there with a set of wheels.
1: What um, wheels were there? There was a set of fourteen by seven, um, work. I forget the model of the work wheel, but it was legit JDM work mesh wheel. Yeah, um, they were fourteen by seven, so they were small. They've been Colt fitment. Go on, um, and they were like four hundred and eighty bucks.
0: No, oh, which yeah. is
1: reasonable for a set. That yeah, could point them out to me. Well, did, <laughs> you, what are you going to put them on?
0: I don't know. Yeah,
1: well, had I known you would be interested, then in I would have pointed them out to you, but it didn't seem like it was something you would have cared about, so I didn't even bother. Uh whatever. They had, uh, but if I was in a different financial position, I definitely would have bought those for one of my Colts. Like, there
0: was a guy that had, he was there last year, too, had a bunch of Hot Wheels, and I did grab a couple cool Hot Wheels last year, but, yep. and you, you got a couple.
1: I did. Nothing really? super spectacular, but, but they have the 510 Wagon. Yeah. Um... But in the Walmart exclusive unpainted, they call it Zamak version, which I know I'll never find it at a Walmart because everybody buys them up and resells them on eBay. And he had it there for like two dollars instead of one. Yeah,
0: that guy was pretty reasonable. I, I paid like one or two bucks or something. Yeah, I don't,
1: so. I, don't, I, don't I don't mind paying a little bit of a markup because I'm not buying it at a at a you know a big box store. So
0: yeah, and it was like again, there's so many of them, and I was like so distracted by the, all the other stuff going on. I was like, I don't have time to look through all these. Yeah, no, I made a, like, cursory
1: glance through. I saw the wagon, and then he was doing, like, two for four or something, so I bought something else at the
0: same yeah. time. But. And then you were, like, nearby, so I was like, shit, I didn't... I was going to ask you if there are any, like, that jumped out that, like, I should grab that are hard to find, but I was like, whatever.
1: Honestly, I'm sure that him being a Hot Wheels seller, the good stuff isn't on the $2 table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did find, like, a um, the... Uh, the the two forty, the Genomai 240Z, the dark blue one. Mm-hmm. I found that one there last the dark year. dark blue is not the Genomai. The dark blue is the... Um, oh, sorry. It is the Genomai. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. The Sun Kang one. Yeah, right. No, Gen-A-Mai. the Sun Kang is the white one. And orange now, too. Yeah. Sorry, a little Hot Wheels nerd moment. Nope. Um, I did find a couple of vintage Corgis, which yeah. is a British manufacturer of diecast cast cars. Uh, their original... One was an original 60s. Or early '70s release of a GT40, yeah, really nice shape. And one was a baby blue TR3, which um, some of you may know. My father has a baby blue TR3, so I picked both of those up for twenty bucks for a pair of them, which is a deal. So, I mean, the GT40 alone is usually worth thirty or forty bucks, so I did okay. Oh, I did find a. Those um, both my father.
0: It was a Rothman's hat pin of a Dakar Montero. Oh,
1: yeah, like a second-gen Dakar carbon.
0: Second-gen carbon taro.
1: The short-wheel-based, full-on, like, rally raid style. Yep. Uh, so that was pretty cool. That's Ooh. now in the headliner of your truck.
0: Yep. And i bought a couple of similar ones on eBay, and this one's basically the same price as the one that was I was watching. Yeah. It was the same one I had on eBay under my watch list, and it was basically the same price. It was there. And I was there. I was like, all right, I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah, was some cool stuff. They probably had it sitting in that stupid case for 10 years. At least. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: But so. it's an enamel pen. It's not like it fit yeah, it or anything. Exactly. But uh, as far as on-track racing action goes, like we said, there wasn't a lot of wheel-to-wheel a real good competition. Uh, it is always fun to watch the cars going around the track. There were a couple unfortunate incidences, um, which is always, I guess, a risk factor when you're going vintage racing. Uh, we did see that white and red 911 uh, long-wheelbase car. I, if I had to guess a year, I'd probably say 71. Yep, That put it into the wall Nobody's really writing. hard yeah. in the S's, which is unfortunate because that car is... I'm, I'm sure they'll fix it, but to the layman, it would definitely be a write-off. It was really cool to watch a GT40 go around. It was very cool to watch a GT40 go At around. At speed. So, he, wasn't, he wasn't certainly pushing it. No. Because no, it's no, an no. you know, almost priceless race car, um, but it, I've never seen one under any kind of aggressively driven manner. I've seen one like rolling through a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah. I've never seen one it was, actually run at speeds. It so. was
1: definitely cool to see it going around the track. And right, then in
0: I think it was the tin top class or it was the big bore class. It was like three liter and above. Which car was this? The 59 Corvette with the hard top yes. and the big wide slicks. Yes. It was a black 59 Corvette with silver roof. I didn't get a shot of it. I um, think
1: I have a, like a cell phone picture of it, so we can probably I, try to edit it a little bit.
0: I mean, I was never one for first ten Corvettes, but man, really does it look good in Fall race trim. all black with a silver, like a pewter silver roof. Yep, and big wide, meaty tires on it.
1: And he was he was pushing <sighs> it too. Yeah, he finished like third in his class. Um, yep, and he was coming through the S as we sat at, at the big showcase turn for most of that race. Big Bend. Yeah, big bend, And he came through sideways a few times. <laughs> the big, solid axle car, just kind of
0: yep. flicking and it around. In the same class, here. there was like a 63 Roadster, so a race car was, Roadster. Yeah, yeah, yeah 65, uh, I think
1: it was, the maroon one.
0: It was silver, 63, I think, was the Roadster. Okay. There was a coupe. Was a, mar- oh, a maroon coupe was yep. 65. That's yep. right,
1: too. Yeah, the Rosewood and then
0: there was actually—I think there was three generations. It was the third gen was in the same group.
1: Yeah, there was a, like an IMSA style, wide-bodied, white and red one. It wasn't wide-bodied. It was before that. It wasn't the full IMSA wide body, but it had big pulled. It was on like that. the L82. Yeah, but it definitely car, had yeah. wider than stock yeah. fenders. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. It wasn't the big box flare like Dan Gurney style one, but it was
0: uh, Greenwood. It wasn't a Greenwood car.
1: Yeah, the Greenwood style, driven by I think Gurney drove it, so it made it famous. Pretty sure he did. You're shaking your head, but
0: nope. Sorry, I was drinking a, a, lot, of, a lot
1: of arguments. On drinking his my pod- polar a, lot, a lot of arguments on his podcast tonight.
0: Uh, he's gonna look it up now.
1: I am gonna look it up now because I'm pretty sure that happened.
0: So, um, again, that's pretty much it for the historic's.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely an event you should go to next year if you've never been before.
0: Yep, um, and then you live in New England. It's it's yeah. definitely the premier. Historic racing event in New England, I would say. If I mean, there's
1: no, there's, there are no others in New England. Uh, there's Watkins th- Glen has a historic event.
0: Yeah, Watkins does one. Thompson much has smaller. a has a small one. Thompson
1: is very small. I think the only other one on any kind of a grand scale would be the um, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, which we have to do because we had never been to that before. Yeah,
0: but that's not even a racetrack. So, no, it's a street course. No, but I don't. You, I don't think you see cars going as hard. So. It was kind of a bummer they didn't have the Trans Ams this like, year. You're right. I don't think Danger drove but, a Corvette uh, that late. No. He drove an early Corvette. Nope.
1: He did drive an early Corvette. Yeah. But I don't think you drove a one. Not late, a late one. Nope. He'd moved up to like Ferraris by then. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong and I'll admit it. Yep. I did help with the book. <laughs> oh, that's right too. You an unfair advantage. You helped edit the book. <laughs> yeah. The Corvette history book. Yeah. All right. Fine. Anyway. Uh, what else? Project car updates? I'm going to go on to that.
0: Uh, sure.
1: Let's see. Have you done anything over the weekend?
0: Uh, with the, basically just the Montero, I finished peeling off the glue because I removed a bunch of the wood trim, the nineties wood trim.
1: is stick on stuff that you sell in the back of like Motor Trend magazine.
0: Yeah. But it's probably like dealer installed or port installed.
1: Either way, it's gross. It
0: was a big deal. Like everybody put wood trim in their cars. I think people, some people still ask for it too. One of the last times as at dealerships, like, yeah, really. people do you really have wood want wood trim kit. Yeah, they really want wood trim. And you're like, uh, Gross. sure. Weirdo.
1: Yeah, it's no good. No. And it always, never ages well either because it's not up to the same, like, standard as the rest of the factory interior panels.
0: Well, that's the stick on stuff. I mean,
1: yeah, I man, hand, a hand
0: yeah. car, yeah. I mean, we're not talking
1: about a Jaguar or Rolls Royce with factory wood. We're talking about the aftermarket stick on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's never up to the same. Nope. Yep the same uh quality as the rest of the car so it's going to wind up
0: i am going to be able to send my cb back because that's not working yeah he's defaulting the channel yeah they sent me a call tag so there's something wrong with it i just got to pull it out and i'll mail it back this week
1: that'll be good to have a working one done by the time we get to uh vermont overland rally yep um that's about it for project car updates for me i worked on the red truck And there was much rejoicing from the crowd. But don't get too excited. So, I ordered a set of Felpro valve stem seals for the cylinder head. A set of eight. Um, I went out this morning and I picked up the valve spring compressor tool in order to remove the valve springs. From Harbor Freight, which apparently this thing has really good reviews, so it um, works well? It seems to be the one everybody uses for the Montero oh, 2.6 2. head. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if it means good reviews, but it works. And <laughs> so, it works for the head. Yeah, that's all that matters. Everything fits, then is enough room to work with it. So for $12, totally worth it, I, I think. I mean, I haven't used it yet, as we'll get to it in a second. Um, but anyway, so I incapacitated the vehicle. I took off the valve cover and then I removed the, the way the 2.64 cylinder is set up. It's an overhead cam motor and it has two rocker shafts that the, um, rockers ride on and then they are torqued down through the cylinder head. So I had to take off the valve train, I guess you'd call it over the cam, um, and get it all set up and ready to pull off the springs. So then I opened the package from a part source that will remain unnamed. Um, It's Rock Auto. Thank you so much for unnaming it. And there were four. They're annoying sometimes. Yeah. There were four valve stem seals. And they were clearly too small for the vehicle. Yep. So they looked like they belonged, as your father said, because he came over and was looking at what we were doing. Yeah. said a Briggs and Stratton. Yeah, he said it looks like it goes in a lawnmower. <laughs> so, They're super
0: tiny. Like, uh,
1: way like, tiny. Oh, this is not good. Plus, there's only four of them, which doesn't make any sense. Nope. Cause what kit would come with four of them? And the picture that I ordered clearly showed eight of them. So, I'm a little upset because I took the car apart and made it so I can't, like, start it and move it. So, now, I it was at my father's house. So, it was in front of his garage door. And I was like, ugh, now i got to move it somewhere. And I had to shuffle cars around so we could just push it straight back into a parking spot. And... I pretty much just gave up in frustration because I didn't have the parts. And then my father was like, oh, why don't we go to Napper and buy some? And I was like, stop. Like, just stop, please. (laughs) I wouldn't have ordered them from Rock Auto if I could just go to Napper and buy them. And it's Labor Day.
0: No, nobody has parts for these things.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it's too old and too obscure and you got to buy stuff online. So, unfortunately, once again, the project car update from me is the Red Raider is still not running. Despite every attempt that I've made, something in the universe is saying, don't finish this car. So, it is what it is. I don't know. The valve cover's off it. So, we're there. The valve cover's off and the valve train is out. So, I mean, at least all we got to do once we get the correct parts in is pull the spr- uh, compress the springs, pull the keepers out. Yeah. Um, swap the seals. Maybe it'll work. Put it back together, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, you can look for it at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Sure. I'm kidding. Don't tell my insurance company I said that. It's really not going to happen.
0: Nope, definitely not.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We'll figure out something. There'll be a fire sale on Montero's in my house if uh, I can't get it running, so whatever. Just frustrating because it's just, you know, I haven't had much time, and unfortunately, they're saying next week there might be some weather coming up this way for the weekend. Um which wouldn't be good because I had to work on it outside. And then the following weekend is somebody's wedding. So I'll be busy with that.
0: Oh, I don't know who it is. No, I don't think you do. No.
1: Was I invited? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just don't show up. Stephanie won't care at all. Uh, Yeah, no, it's obviously Andrew's wedding in two weeks. Technically, I wasn't
0: invited. That's that's a true point. So do you have to go or not? (laughs) Well, you invited people. We weren't invited. I'll send you an invite. Don't worry. Okay. Um, is there a Facebook event? Because otherwise it's not
1: official. You know, there's not actually. No. If there's no Facebook event, does that mean you guys aren't really getting married? <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it works. Anyway, so I don't know when the next time I'm going to get to work on it is. I'm going to have to try to do it during the week, I guess, after work, which is always kind of a pain. But I don't have a choice because I'm not going to be working on the weekend until three weeks from now. And it's just frustrating. Just venting my frustrations over the over the auto topic airspace. Sorry.
0: Well, that's the ups and downs of car repair.
1: Yeah. Well, we were talking today about the, you know, the, one of our fellow friends, listeners and podcasts, just a former guest, actually, uh, Cam has a sticker on his car that says new cars suck.
0: Oh, don't give away my idea. No, no, I'm
1: not giving away your idea. <clears throat> I got
0: I get something that works.
1: I was like, yeah, old cars suck too. Yeah. So but- anyway, so that's it for my project here updates. We still stand in the same place we stood before. I washed the Silverado. All right. My, that's a positive. All right? right. I got I got the New Jersey mud off of it. Tonight. I noticed it was really shiny. Yeah, I, I spray waxed it afterwards, too. We used it to haul some stuff before the show. We used it for truck. Yeah. Truck, truck things with my truck. Truck things. Yeah, we hauled a, two small things,
0: <laughs> which you yeah. probably could have
1: put in the back of the Montero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was easier to put in my pickup truck.
0: Oh, sperm whale. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, it's... uh. The only positive thing is I washed and waxed the truck, so that's it.
0: Oh, I did. I did wash my truck before the storks. Put tire shine on it. That's true. Looks really nice. Looks like it never went off road.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was saying that as we're becoming more and more into this off road thing, it's really hard because we've always been clean car people, and now here we are like purposely driving them through dirt and trees and I clean them afterwards. I know, but it's just one of those things. It's just hard to think about things differently than we used to. We used to avoid getting cars dirty, and now we're just like, eh, F it. We're going to drive this (laughs) thing through the mud. So, whatever. People change. Times change. We still have clean cars, too, but we like to get dirty cars. So, anything else on the docket for tonight, Andrew?
0: Not really. Have you watched uh, any of the new season of Narcos yet? I have not. There is, of course, just like if you watch past seasons of Narcos, there's a bunch of vintage 4x4s. Yes, yes. Because it takes um, place in South America. I heard there's a couple so. more
1: Monteros than there were before. Yep. Which there were Monteros in the first season. I don't know what that guy was talking about. Yeah. There's
0: definitely Monteros in the first season. Yeah, there was a. Like, there's a picture of the two main characters leaning on the in hood. In the Montero. In the Montero, and then yeah. leaning on the hood.
1: Like yeah, on one of the Montero Facebook groups, somebody said that they'd never seen a Montero in Narcos before, and we're like, clearly you weren't paying attention because they were all over the place. Yeah, but there's more of them now this
0: season. So yeah. is there did the new season just come out? Like two days, like the beginning of the weekend. All right, I haven't watched. it yet. We have already. This is not <laughs> it sounds terrible. We have. Well, you know what? It rained all day Sunday, so we have blasted through nearly ten episodes. That's all right. It happens with a good show.
1: I'm still. You know, really trying to get through the defenders. So
0: uh, I'm like six episodes in, and I'm sold. After that, first after the first two episodes, I was in.
1: I don't know. I'm still having a hard time. I'm, say, I'm sticking with it because I want to be there for the movie and all the other shows. They
0: fixed all the scatteredness the first few episodes and tied everything together. I was like, all right, I'm in.
1: Yeah. I don't mind this. I just have to get through it, and then I'll start watching Narcos. Anyway, this is not a television
0: episode, whatever. Podcast, but I don't think there's any other than like narcos i think that's the only thing that has cool i mean even the even the other cars that are in the show are pretty cool yeah because it's all period stuff from the 80s mm-hmm. so well it's... now they moved into the 90s so okay but there's still be leftover 80s stuff yeah exactly um i'm trying to think if there's anything else right now that has stuff like that but not no, really
1: no the americans is the only other show that's got a lot of cool cars that's not on the air right now yeah
0: which we saw like a dodge diplomat diplomat on the way to lime rock yeah, yeah, the red one parked. It was like a mint Dodge Diplomat. Yeah, yeah. And there was
1: another one at Lime Rock. Yeah. That had, like, it well, had a warmed over 360 in it because they had rubber on both quarter panels.
0: Yeah, big fat tires on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, the Dodge, the Richard Petty Dodge, was not a diplomat. Now that we say diplomat, it was a full size Dodge.
0: I don't know what that would be.
1: I do. My Moparness is wearing off tonight. Apparently. Oh, come
0: on. Mopar no car. You only drive Dodges. I know I know you that's it you should get a colt magno dodge magno, okay, that's what it was, all right,
1: so it was the full full size dodge
0: all right, so how come how come I haven't seen anybody do do a colt up in petty colors?
1: Oh, I'm sure it's been done, I mean it must have been at some point the colts were more popular with n h r a so yeah. they had a lot of probably n h r a style ones, not although. Fun fact, Richard Petty did race in the NHRA Okay, for one season. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know what year it was, but it was like 64, 65. Um, Dodge had hired him to drive, because they're so popular, they wanted him to drive a uh, drag car. And they drove a Barracuda. All right. So All it, looks, right. it looks like 1965. He had a Plymouth Barracuda that was done in Petty Blue with number 43 inside. So it was like a, it was an altered real base car, um, but it was done up just like his NASCAR car, so people knew it was him. And it was like a publicity stunt by Dodge because okay. he was such a popular driver. So, so yeah, he did 1965. He actually raced a car, but all right. But no, no Colts in Petty Blue, which is kind of a cool thing because as a kid, I was a huge NASCAR fan, and Richard Petty was my guy. Like, he, I was a fan of him. He was the best. So
0: I can't believe the man is still alive. He's isn't that old. He, have you seen him lately? He's pretty old. He's yeah. got to be, what, 85?
1: I have no idea. I haven't seen him in, or I haven't seen a picture of him in a long time. I don't think he really does much, does he? No. He's 80. All right, yeah. So, yeah, he's still
0: That's the issue there. with the Colt. Petty Blue. Big old 43 on the side. Negative, sir. Why not? Because
1: I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's a bad idea. I'm not really good at making good ideas, but I always know a bad idea. So <laughs> it's a
0: fine idea. It's not a fine idea. Do the S- the STP neon orange and blue.
1: Actually, in in '78, because it's there not
0: it's not golf livery.
1: No, it's not golf livery. No, it's definitely it's petty. Speaking of golf livery, that w- I was disappointed about that at Lime Rock this weekend. Actually,
0: they run Formula V. They didn't run the Formula V guys. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I, we have a friend with a golf livery, um Formula V. We wanted to see run. He was there promoting the Formula V class. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't there racing the car. So the car was there and he was there kinda talking to people who might be interested in getting into Formula V and trying to promote it in the uh, in the sport, but he yeah, unfortunately was not racing. They had Formula Juniors, but no Formula V cars. So
0: Yeah, those are weird cars, those old The things. Formula
1: V's? No. The Formula Juniors. Yeah. Yeah, because they're basically all hand built. Yeah. So they all conformed to whatever rules they could and then they were just... Whatever the designer thought was going to work best. Hey,
0: have you ever raced in a coffin?
1: Yeah. That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah. The green car looked like a coffin. Yes, it did. There was no... Like, the driver sat pretty much at the back of the car. Like, he sat behind the rear axle or on top of the rear axle.
0: Yeah, there's so many different schools of thought. Like, let's do a front engine rear drive. Let's do... Mid-engine rear-wheel drive. Yeah, rear-engine rear-wheel drive. Let's do, like, middle-engine rear-wheel drive and put the driver,
1: like, way out in the front. There were some in the 60s, some in the 30s and 40s, I should say, that had, like, the offset engine. At Like, the yeah. engine was in the front, yeah. and, like, offset hard to the left. <laughs> it's
0: like, what? Well, I think that's so you just have a straight drive shaft. Like, if you had direct drive or something? Uh, no, a lot of it was for oval tracks. Yeah, there was, was one way, oval way track car that raced at Indy that was raced in the pre-war stuff. You know what so we're saying? There was also a... Oh, like at a, Lime Rock? Yeah, there was a...
1: Unfortunately, we missed the pre-war race somehow because we were... It must have been in the flea uh, market area.
0: The f- second time around, you were off talking to someone. I watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I missed it both times, apparently. which yeah. is unfortunate because I like watching the pre-war race. <laughs> and
0: they were... They had... um Actually, I was talking to our friend for the
1: Golf Reed yeah.
0: Formula V car. They had a uh, midget race car. Like, That's cool. Yep, that was pretty cool. And then a, um, a bunch of the big alphas... That basically you watch the there. guy. There's a couple of big alphas, yeah. Oh man! And uh, the driver pretty much like turns with their shoulders. It's not like arms; it's like up top in the shoulders, like moving the entire shoulders. Like imagine like you're trying to close. The ship is sinking, and there's that giant valve you need to close to to cut off the water, like in the movies. And that's basically the wheel for this, the steering wheel for mm-hmm. this. Yeah, the comic race car. Large. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So that was pretty cool, and um, I don't know. Oh man,
1: um, I had just pointed my my browser here to Richard Petty to find out how old he was, and he was the uh, honorary pace car driver this weekend at Darlington, I guess. Yeah, um, and they had to black flag him because he spent like three extra laps driving his '67 Belvedere around the track. <laughs> Because he didn't want to come into the pits. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Black Flag, the King. Yeah, yeah. Richard Petty had a little too much fun as the honorary pace car driver for Throwback Weekend at Darlington, taking his '67 Plymouth out for a few extra laps. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. He's still the best, obviously. So my childhood hero still rules. I used to remember the poster used to be over the. Uh, little you know, slot track. Tried. Yeah, slot track. It said yeah. the king will always rule, and has yeah. like pictures of those old cars on it. But that was, That's funny.
0: Does he still have the most wins?
1: I don't know. I'm not gonna get that deep into googling all this stuff now on air. All right. But either way, he's awesome. He'll always be awesome. So, anything else going on, Andrew?
0: No, that's it. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Well, before we do that, oh yeah, can, we should probably do a plugs, huh? Yeah, I'm like, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, slow it down there, pump the brakes there, Junior. Uh, you can follow our, our on us. You can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. Follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger. You can follow Brad on Instagram
1: at tsiss350 yes. or Vintage Imports of New England. Yes, or both.
0: Yes, and as always, keep your cars the analog we <laughs>